Welcome to the Confident and Courageous Clarity Podcast with me, Jatia Jones. Join us weekly for everything clarity. The truth is, once you have clarity, you'll have the confidence and courage to succeed in life and business. If you're new to the podcast, you should know my goal is to help you gain the clarity needed to transform your visions, goals, or dreams into reality. So let's jump right into today's episode. For my OG listeners, you all know that the podcast was birthed from the evolution of Mocha Monday's tip of the week. So when we moved to the podcast, I couldn't just leave you without your mocha. Therefore, at the beginning of each episode, I give you your drop of mocha and you are to implement it throughout the week to help inch you closer and closer to clarity. This week's drop of mocha is get clear on your numbers. That's your health numbers your financial numbers, your analytics, and more. Once you know where you stand, you can then make a plan to improve them. In the words of Yogati, men lie, women not, numbers don't lie. Take some time and get clear on your numbers. What is that magical number for you in health, finance, fitness, business? And get to it. You can do it. This week's guest is Stacey Hampton a licensed personal finance coach. As a coach, she provides the knowledge, implements a plan, and is available as an accountability partner to her clients. She uniquely combines her background in mental health and social work and her financial expertise to address the money concerns of her clients. Her mission is to provide the financial literacy and access to the products and services that will help every person build a strong financial house. Hello, ma'am. How are you? Hi, Jacia. I'm good. What's going on? Well, they've already heard your bio. They got their drop of mocha today already. Um, and so even though they've heard about you already, tell the people who you are and what you do. So I am Stacy Hanson. I am a licensed financial coach, as well as a licensed clinical social worker. Um, And what I would say that I do is that I blend my social work skills with financial literacy. Um, I definitely want to bring to people the knowledge of finances, as well as being able to provide them the services um, that will implement those things. Because we all know that knowledge is power, but at the end of the day, um, what is even more powerful is applied knowledge. So that's why it was very important for me to also be licensed in the financial arena to be able to implement the services that people would need. Totally love it. And so one of the things that you know I love about you and why today we're talking about keeping it sensible and simple, um, the KISS acronym, is because with that education piece, in order to apply it, it has to click. It has to make sense. And I tell people all the time, you know, I'd be like, Lord, I'm slow, make it plain. And you do that so well. So like one of the major examples that I always give when I'm talking about you, because I talk about you all the time, 
is how <laughs> you really drill home for me when we were talking about like stocks and things of that nature. And I was just like, I get it kind of sort of. And you were like, well, look at it like this. Um, a stock is a store and a mutual fund is the mall. Right. Right. Okay. Right. And I was like, Ugh, why couldn't nobody else make it that simple? That makes all the sense in the world. So what I'm doing when I buy a stock is literally just investing in that store. But if that store goes under, then I go under. But if the whole mall is there and one or two stores closed, I'm still making money. That makes sense. And it was simple and it was sensible. And it was something that I could take with me. I can apply and I can share it with others. And so... I know for you, you were just like, I mean, that was nothing, right? <laughs> and I'm like, Stacey, that was really big. <laughs> and that's just your God-given gift of how you make it make sense for us. And so I love that you keep it sensible and simple. Um, so like, what what is what are some of your thoughts, feelings, theories? Because I know you you mentioned how you collaborate your two backgrounds and what makes that so impactful, that combination of the two for you? So I would say it didn't all, it didn't start off as me intending to collaborate those two things. I kept my work as a licensed financial coach and my work as a social worker very separate for a long time. Um, but is I started to work more and more with people in the finance arena, what I realized is that my clinical social work skills would come to the rise. Um, and it would do that because um, many people are held back by their beliefs about money. They're held back by some experience that they had that you know had money in it. Um, and then also there is a true connection between your money and your mental health. Um, and we've been seeing it play out even during this pandemic. I mean, it was definitely there before the pandemic, um, but the pandemic has definitely uh, brought some things to our attention in a very impactful way. Um, there was a great need for mental health workers during this time, you know, so being able to provide therapeutic services and things like that. So I don't do that per se, but, you know, I saw the rise on that. And when I would talk to my colleagues about, you know, their influx of clientele or requests or referrals, a lot of those referrals not only dealt with the obvious things around COVID, such as, you know, illness and possibly grief and death, but it also dealt with the grief and loss that came with losing jobs, um, losing income, losing, you know, the ability to work due to the illness, you know, so different things like that. And so people, can't really separate their money from their mind. It really consumes them. Um, I even, I saw something a few days ago 
it was another um, financial ad- expert who was saying that, you know, many jobs are doing mental health days now. They actually should offer financial health days as well, where you take a day off and you really just go through your finances, not in a stressful way, but in a way that will help you take care of those financial needs that you need to do, such as um, gathering information for your credit report or disputing a charge and different things like that, because they take up time and those things take away from the productivity of the workplace because they consume the employee's mind. That is really good stuff. So like I had to hold up fingers so I wouldn't forget the three things that I wanted to say, but like that last one's really good because that's the stuff we put off to the back burner. And that's the stuff that lingers in the back of our minds anyway, that causes us to stress out, that causes us not to focus and not perform to the highest of our ability when in the workplace. Like that is definitely really, really good. Um, one of the, the the major things that stood out to me was what you said that you can't separate your money and your mind. And I thought about Jeff Bezos. Like he became a what trillionaire doing COVID. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I contributed to that. I did. Hershey me did. She bought a lot of stuff. TikTok got me. But I will also say that I do know. I don't even know if I can say thankfully, but like I'm a stress eater right? I eat to, to soothe my stress where I know a lot of stress shoppers mm-hmm. and I know a few of them were buying stuff on Amazon that was totally unnecessary. They had didn't serve no need, no, <laughs> they didn't even know if it worked, but they were just constantly on there because the gift of the surprise of boxes kind of filled the void that of whatever was happening during COVID. So that really stood out to me. So yeah, yeah, you're right. You cannot separate the mind and your money. Um, dang it, it was one other thing that you said. And I was like, oh, that was so good. Um, mind and money. And then the financial health days at work, it'll come back to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm like that too. It, it comes back at random times. Exactly. And you know, like we were talking the other day and you was like, how did she remember that? Well, it was so random. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess for me, the main thing that I really like want the people to take away and walk away with is what are some of like the simple things that you share um, that maybe they can implement? Because a lot of people I know run from the money conversation, nevertheless money, because of the perception of how hard it is. Like a lot of people don't want to even budget or, you know, uh, do their, I'm about to show my age. I was going to say balance a checkbook child, but like, no, good. Well, not nobody really have a checkbook. It, it's, it's funny that you say that. So it may not be an actual checkbook anymore, but you should balancing your account. Um, I, I really, I'm a stickler for people being able to see what's coming in and what's going out. Really take inventory of your spending habits, right? Um, and, an, and you know what the checkbook did for us that online banking doesn't? Because so many of us 
rely on, we log into our account and that's what we see we have, right? When you would actually put entries into the register of a checkbook, you saw what you actually have because it has already been taken out as far as this register is concerned, even though it's still maybe sitting in the account, like the check didn't actually clear yet. And so oftentimes people look at that balance, you know, even if they're looking at the available balance, you know, they still may miss something like, oh, I did swipe my card at that store and it hasn't cleared yet. And so that's $150 that you don't have, but you think you do, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so I actually do encourage people to, you know, write it down in some form or fashion, you know, don't just rely on what's on the online banking app. You know, you, you need something outside of that to tell you your true balance. That is so true. Or even just for, so for me, well, Shout out to Views by Patrice. She got me my whole life together to start back actually writing stuff down and like doing a budget. Because in mm -hmm. all honesty and transparency, I had never done a budget. Like mm -hmm. never. Even when I was balancing my checkbook back in the day, I still did not have a budget. There was no confining me to a certain number. <laughs> I'm just going to make it do what it do, right? So she made me actually write stuff down and I started to see, cause I have a lot of things on automatic payment. My cell phone bills on automatic payment. My student loans are on audit, like all of these things. But to your point, if I'm out here, just swipe, swipe. Uh, that was a little TikTok song that popped in my head. <laughs> I wasn't with you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. But um, so like when I'm out here doing that, and I'm not realizing that, hey, this is the week, not next paycheck, that your student loan's about to pop out. And then you're like, mm, let me just pull 30, 40, 50, $100 from my savings. I'll put it back when I get paid. Mm -hmm. Like that is how I lived a life for so long. And so when I actually did start to do the budgeting and actually could physically see I, that's when I realized how many subscriptions I had out there that was just I wasn't using or mm -hmm. apps that, you know, I found a better one and replaced it or a free one and replaced it that I was still out here paying for. And so, yeah, to your point, it's, it's a lot of money that we can find if yeah. we really did that, because there were many years I was like, where does my money go to? Yeah, that's where we went to. Drinking, eating, and subscriptions that you forgot all about. Listen, listen, listen. So two things. First, you say you didn't want to be confined to a number. I want to wipe away the thought process that budgeting is confining. It is not. It actually frees you up. It so does. And I didn't realize that, but that was my mindset. Right. It, it frees you up to not have to think so hard about where did it all go? Because one, you assigned it. When you, when you budget, you are assigning where you want your money to go. Right. It's, it's not about what's being taken away from you. There is no freedom in that because you're setting these limits. Right. You're setting the limit of, you know, my, you know, free spending money, whether it is to, you know, go to happy hour, 
pick up something at Zara on the way home from work, you know, those unplanned swipes, you know what I mean? That free money that you're just going to play with, right? You are creating that number. So if you're saying, you know, my number this month is $300, then great, you know, so that as you go about, you know where that $300 went. Okay, that was that was that piece. Um, and then the other thing that you said, oh, I'm having one of your moments too. It just lost me. We, we talked about confining and then you said, oh, it'll come back. I'm sorry. No, look, I understand. Because, you know, but to your point, like, and this is why I drill home so hard like with my clients specifically, is know your numbers. Because her, she, me understands. I was that person that, like I said, I didn't want to look at it because I didn't want to, you know, as long as, like you said, when you check your bank account or whatever, the app, it's a money in there. Okay, I'm good. Because my limiting belief or mindset at the time was that I was confining myself. I was restricting myself. That meant that I had to have the discipline to tell myself no. And I don't like to tell myself no, like that's just a known fact, right? But it did give me the opportunity to tell myself yes, because I found extra money. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. So we do have money to do, like you said, stop by Zara. And it's so, because, you know, being in the DMV, happy hour is a, is a real thing, unlike mm-hmm. other parts of the country, right? Happy hour is real. And when you're swiping, before you know it, it's like, how much did I spend? And you can go to happy hour easily three times a week. Nevertheless, a brunch on a Saturday or a Sunday with the girls or the friends or whatever. And that's something that you can't identify later. Like your taste buds still might remember it or you might be like, oh, that felt great. I had such a great time. But like two weeks later, it's not a shirt hanging up in your closet. It's not a pair of shoes. And that is the point that I forgot. The average adult wastes two to five hundred dollars a month on things that they can't name, things such as food and drinks, you know, that were already consumed. Like there is not a piece of art on your wall, you know, it's it's nothing that's adding continued value. Um, yes, it sustained you and it felt good at that moment, right? We gotta eat, right? Um but we also had food at home. Isn't that what our parents said? <laughs> but look, it's so true because like, especially at like this moment in time in my life, you know, all the moving pieces that I have, right? It's like, I eat out so much because, and I try to eat as healthy as possible, but let's just be real. So like, this literally just happened yesterday, Stacey. So I went and dropped off a thing for my friend at the house and I'm like on my way back home because she lives less than five minutes away I was like what am I gonna eat I was like what do you want to eat and I looked at the clock and I was like "Mm, the options of things open girl I sat there and why did I realize in all truth and transparency you still got chicken from Popeye's left in the refrigerator with some mashed potatoes girl why are you going to buy but I legit and I found myself doing that more and more it's like 
because I didn't finish it. It's still in the fridge, but I'm thinking, what else is, what am I going to eat tonight? Because I know I didn't cook because my mind is like, when I cook, I know I cooked enough. But when I buy out, it's like, okay, I need another meal. Um, And so I was literally just about to do that last night. And when I tell you that two-piece biscuit and mashed potato was hitting when I came home, I was so happy that I remembered I had food at home, like our parents tell us, because I was about to go waste. I can't even just say spend in that moment, waste more money um, trying to eat something that I really didn't even want because I really was craving vegetables, but the Popeyes did the trick um, because I'm Popeyes like- Popeyes was a substitute for vegetables? Girl, listen. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it wasn't. But it, it tasted good. It tasted great. It did what my soul needed, okay? So, but yeah, I was about to go spend more money last night and I'm so happy that I didn't. Good, 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 good. So yeah, but like that that really is real life. And so back to the point of like, like application. And so I love to like, just hear you talk about money because you do naturally put in the mental piece without saying I'm putting in the mental piece um just by keeping it so simple and those things stick like those mashed potatoes did to my hips but they stick and so I really remember it so I can apply it without that unconscious stress right and so I feel like that's what a lot of a lot of times money does for people because we run from it we run, we don't want to sit down, we don't want to face it. And it just builds up back here and stresses us out, even though we're not, that's not the real thing that we're focused on at that moment, but it's always there. Like you said, you can't separate it. And so really knowing your numbers and having that simple way of applying and taking it back to basics, like balancing a checkbook or your registry or looking at your uh statements at the end of the month because I know most people have it on um what's the green thing so you don't get the paper paperless thank you see Mm -hmm. so simple um (laughs) well actually I wouldn't say guilty because that's a good thing to be paperless you know it is environmental issue but are you actually going to look at it when it's paperless is the question no Are are you going to go look at your statement because for me, it's harder because I have to then like click here and click here and click here. But if I just had it and I could just strike off, strike off, strike off. So I'm guilty. I'll say that of not. So, well, here we go then. In talking about application, you have to recognize who you are as a person and what best fits your needs. You need to write things down. You need things that are tangible. So take yourself off a paperless if that's what you need, if that's what will get the job done. Um, you know, I, I still handwrite my budget. I have a notebook and I just handwrite my budget, attract my spending. Like I said, it's not a checkbook registry because, well, I still do write checks, but only for one thing. Only for one thing, only one thing that I use regularly that doesn't actually have um, an electronic way of accepting money. But other than that, I don't use my checkbook. And so I don't even have that registry part. Um, But I still write it out because I like to know, you know, where I stand in any given moment. And it's something about the writing that it sticks. You know, when you write things out, And when you repeat them, 
you know, it sticks more in your mind. And so I also, I'm also an electronic person though. I need things to ring ding and remind me, you know, that something is due or something is coming up. Um, and so as far as electronically, I like to use mint.com. And I like, I like that because you can have what looks like a checkbook registry. You can categorize, you know, your different expenses and things like that. So you can see how much you spend in certain areas. But another great feature that they have is that you can enter in something that hasn't actually hit your checking account. So what I, when I look onto Mint, that is my true balance. My bank account hasn't even caught up yet because the check hasn't cleared or I didn't actually swipe it yet or, you know, that payment hasn't come out yet. So I can put in at the, let's say a person who does their budget by paycheck, you know, and so if you look at what you have coming out as far as bills, not your expenses, the bills that you know are already coming due, right? You know your mortgage is this amount is coming out on the first. You know that your phone bill is this amount is coming out on the sixth. You know, and all those things are within that two week period of your paycheck, right? You can put in all those things, so it has already deducted them. You know, so you see what you have left immediately versus waiting for the sixth to then see, oh, I got this from the seventh to my next check. Well, you know what I mean you can already see it. So that's a great electronic way to track as well. That's a, so I was going to mention it. So that's, that's like my, my middle compromise for me because I, I like things pretty. So I would go and I would take all that. And at one point I noticed that it had double things in there. Cause I was like, why is it saying like my debt to income ratio is this day tripping? And so it made me really go into it because it had my student loans in there twice coming out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what happened? Did my interest rate go up? And I wasn't paying attention. Like, you know, it really like alerted me to like do something and sit down and look. But, um, I can go through and I, but I didn't know about adding things to, to your point, but that's how I would start to like really do my budget. See, um, cause you can do budgets in there and you can see how you're coming along. So when I would go over my spending for gas, I would get an email. You need to sit down somewhere. It's basically my translation of that email, right. To help me keep me in that budget. And so that was a transition for me along this journey of really identifying the the importance of knowing my numbers um because I legit was running and like I knew I had some money in there but for whatever reason it caused me angst and stress to even think about at one point in my life looking at the numbers um and so I found mints and it made it became a whole new world. I was about to start singing, but I'm not going to. Um, but no, I'm with you. Like it, it takes courage to be able to look at your numbers. Um, and it you're not you're not uncommon if you don't know your numbers. I'll say that. I've sat with so many people and I can ask them, you know, about how much do you make a year or how much do you make monthly? I don't know. Like not, I don't know in the sense of let me add my two paychecks up to give you the number, 
but like they really don't know about how much they bring in, right? And like I said, this is not uncommon, but it is an area where we should start. <laughs> like you should know what's, what's coming in. I, I'm not talking about the pre-tax amount, right? Because many of us can say what our salary is, you know? We, we can say, oh, 100,000, 75,000. No, that's what your offer letter says. That's not what's coming in your household. Nowhere close. Nowhere <laughs> close, okay? Exactly. So, um, you know, really looking at what actually enters my household and taking that time to just really audit your spending, you know? So before you try to implement a budget, see where it's going. See, see where the money is going. And then, like I said, with your budget, you want to assign it to places. You're, you're not just willy-nilly doing anything. And I like to um, I like to budget all the way down to zero. Many people stop their budget at their bills and expenses. No, I want every dollar needs to be assigned, even if after all my bills are taken care of, off of, after all of my foreseeable expenses are taken care of, such as, you know, putting into savings or groceries and different things like that. If there's still money left over, I'm assigning it somewhere. It's either going to be extra savings, maybe an extra payment on a credit card or something of that nature, right? But assign it somewhere. Don't don't just let it sit there because that's that's really how you lose money because you'll spend on anything. So let's let's talk about that real quick because that was so when I did transition and I started actually knowing my numbers, the importance of it. Um, I can't be hard headed and a little stubborn. That was the one thing that was told to me is budget down to zero, but it felt good to see the nut like. I got some extra money over there. No, it's not in my savings. Like I got a little bit more freedom. And so I had to like then be like, okay, well, let's put that in gifts and, and you know, yeah. type of stuff. Or maybe you'll treat your, your treat basket. Um, and so I had to create another budget line for like a treat basket because I didn't have one, right? I had, yeah, like, you know, face, more, you know, your skin, your supplies, your, self-care type stuff but there wasn't a treat basket but I really did enjoy and got pleasure of seeing that number there right and so because this was a journey for me and so the next phase was then I didn't there was no center for me right away it was like I was all the way left and I went all the way right and I was like my savings, it looks amazing. And it's there for a purpose. And I didn't want to use it. I didn't want to touch it. I didn't want to see it go down. I just wanted to see it go up. And, you know, so I had to like inch my way back to the middle a little bit where I could be comfortable with that zero amount. Um, So I guess the reason I went on that rent is I want you to kind of give the people a little bit more why it is important to have that zero amount. And I know you said, because yeah, you would just spend willy nilly of what you have left, but, but why is it really important to know all of the different line budgets that you should have in your life? Cause I feel like I didn't, you know how people ask you, what do you do for fun? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And as an adult, I stopped having an answer. I was like, I don't know, hang out with my friends. Like, I, I just want to hang out with them. I'm not really trying to go to the club or skydiving today. I just want to hang out with my friends, right? Mm-hmm. And so doing that made me really become real clear in who I am, what I am, and what I do, and when I do it, and how I do it, and why I do it. Oh, I loved all those W's. <laughs> <laughs> It really did. Um, And so, because for me, and I'm going to, because I know I asked the question, let you answer the question. But for me, that's why it finally hit home and I became okay with seeing the zero because it gave me clarity in knowing more about me. Like, Jatia, what areas of your life are there gaps? Are you really not having fun no more? Like, are you really not shopping? When's the last time you... You know, so because like I said, I go from all the way left to all the way right. Movie made me realize you got way too many accessories. You don't need not a nail, another nothing. And then I looked at my outfits and was like, as I evolved, so should they. And they needed evolving. Yeah, I needed a budget line. So, but but why do you think it is so important? Well, first, what you just said about what you found during that, that was a great new perspective for me Um, because it really can open you up to see where your money is going and where you may be lacking, right? And not lacking in the sense of, you know, you just don't have, but lacking like, I'm missing out on some self-care. Where can I put that, you know? So absolutely great perspective. And I really like that. Um, But again, just keeping it simple, it's, it really comes down to being comfortable with that zero, knowing that it's not that you don't have, you have them in certain places, right? So everything has its place, just like in your home. You know, you're not putting your coffee maker on your nightstand. Like that's not where it belongs. You know, it belongs in the kitchen. Now, whether you like it, on the counter at all times, or you store it in a cabinet and bring it out until you're ready to use it, that's a different story. But it you're literally just giving everything a place. So just because you budget it down to the zero doesn't mean you don't have anything. You, you have them. You have it in all these different lines. It's, it's a matter of just making the assignment, you know, keeping it all neat. Um, I think One of the other things that I would add with that, you said, you know, you start to see your savings grow, right? And so here, now you have to analyze, do I have my money working in the best places, right? Um, Because I, the banks, they're not the place to live out your, your dreams, right? They're stealing our dreams (laughs) only because they're not going to offer you the interest rate that's going to grow your money so that you can accomplish those dreams, right? If you are seeing your savings account rise in the bank, you're seeing it rise because you are putting more into it, right? Not because there was any interest growth. So that's still your hard work making that grow. We now have to flip the mindset to let our money work harder for us than we worked for it. 
So now you have to evaluate where it is. And that's when we start talking investing, right? That's, that's where we get out there to get those gains. So you can even achieve some of those goals, maybe even on a faster timeline than you had set for yourself when you were the only one saving because you were putting in the bank account that was earning less than 1% versus letting the economy do it for you because that's what the bank is doing. They're loaning out my, our money and getting paid interest back on it, right? Whether somebody took a loan and they're investing our money in the global economy, right? So they're getting 20, 40, 50% return on the back end, but offering you 0 0.05. Question the guarantee. Always question the guarantee. How can they guarantee me a 0.05% every month? Because they're making a gajillion times that amount. Right. And and I'm glad you brought that up because, of course, I've been hearing you in my head lately um, because I put it in a position where it started off with like 2%. And, you know, they don't tell you. Now, I don't even think in the fine print it told me. But now I actually went back and looked the other day and um, it's now down to like below 1%. So in the beginning, I was like, oh, this interest is real. But now the more money I have in there, the less they're guaranteeing. And so now I do need to start moving some stuff around. So I thought about you the other day. Um, but you doing that. Because <laughs> I'm risk adverse. Like you said earlier, you know, being this is all about confidence and courageous clarity is really having that clarity to be courageous enough to step outside of your comfort zone and really being clear enough to know yourself and confident in who you are. I know that I don't want to buy a lottery ticket because I don't want to lose my dollar. Like, I know this about me, but I'll do it from time to time, right? But when you start talking real money, like you said, my hard-earned dollars, I'm like, mm. but I also now, this journey, realize, like you said, it can help me reach those goals quicker, sooner, faster. Um, and most of the listeners know I'm trying to buy an island. Like, and I put this on a 10-year plan years ago. And then I was like, okay, let's scoot it up a little bit more. But if I could still reach that now, 10, eight, seven-year plan, if I could still reach that goal, listen, why not? Why not? Because that's part of the stress anyway. Let, let me ask you a question. Yes. What's your definition of financial independence? Freedom. What does that I, look like? It looks like help me help you help us. Being able to actually help others, help me help them, whether that is actually the freedom to be able to time-wise do that or financially do that. So being able to stroke the check is what you Being saying. able to do what? Stroke the check. If somebody needs some money, you can stroke I the check. I have never, but yes, to your point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that talking before, but yes, yeah, stroke the check, child. Yes, that that is the the freedom to be able to do that is what I call financial independence. Yeah, the, one of my broker says that all the time. She says, you know, prayer is good, but prayer with a check is even better. You know, because people pray for things to happen. You know, there are lots of nonprofits out here that want things, but you can volunteer your time, which is great. Not downplaying it at all. Not 
obviously not downplaying prayer, um, but when you can give up your time and stroke the check, that's that's what was needed. You need the tangible things to make the mission happen, right? Um, but the true definition of financial independence is when the interest earned off of your money can pay for your monthly expenses before you touch the incoming cash. I'm here for living off all the dividends. Yes, right. I'm here for that. Right, and so to achieve that, we have to have our money in the right places though. We have to have them working for us in the right ways so that we can get those gains, get those earns, right? See, this is why I talk to you because you know what? I receive all that because you just put it in a sensible and simple way that I was able to receive because that's that's really the thing, you know, when I'm talking to people about clearly communicating, you have to communicate and know who you're communicating to and how they'll receive it. That you painted a very vivid picture for me. I literally in my head was like, oh, okay, that interest over there paid for all of that over there and all the money is still over there. The Say principle no more. is still there. Say no more. That eased, like literally physically eased some anxiety about investing because I, you've now shifted the mindset of instead of lost gain. I was focused on the loss, right? Mm-hmm. Now let's focus on this possible quick gain um, because it, it is dealing with the economy. Um, and so, yeah, girlfriend, that part, that part. Appreciate you. Yeah. And, you know, the deeper conversation to that is then diversifying your portfolio because the people get caught up in the, well, what if I lose? Because they, mm-hmm. they're thinking on the riskiest end there are a lot of things that you have to identify. What is the purpose for this money? You know, if if you're telling me the purpose of this money is to purchase your first home in the next, I don't know, three to seven years, we're not putting it in the most aggressive thing because you need this money soon. You know, if you're telling me this is your wealth building account though, like the point of it is to continue to grow, like be passed down to the children, the nieces, the nephews, you know, this is my family's name, money. That's a different story. We, we, we can put that in position to keep growing because that's not a source you need to survive. You understand what I'm saying? You have, to, that's why it's also important to assign your money. What is the purpose of this pot? What is the purpose of this pot? You should have four different types of account. You you need your emergency fund. You should have a short-term fund. You should have, short-term is like preparing for the down payment for the mortgage, right? Long-term is your retirement or college savings funds, right? And then your wealth building account. Can we add one in there for a majority of these listeners? Leaving your nine to five accounts. There you have it. There because a lot of the stressors and frustrations and why they don't stick to the, the principles that, that are discussed or encouraged is because they're looking for the quickest, sooner, faster way to get up out of there. Right. And when and this so, don't work, they jump. And that 
replacing that income could happen between the emergency and the short-term account. It depends on how you, you know, assign the money, but those two accounts can definitely take care of those things. Um, but first you gotta take inventory of where you're spending the money. It all goes back to that. And like I said in the beginning, even before you physically start moving money around, beliefs around money. What do you believe? Do you work from a mindset of lack or do you work from a mindset of abundance? And, and I want to be clear when I, when I say that because, you know, some people will say, um, I work from a mindset of abundance and that's why, you know, I go out here and I'm going to get whatever I feel I deserve in the moment or I'm going to just spend. No, mm -mm. that's not living in abundance. Living in abundance and operating from that standpoint is means that you are putting yourself in place for more to keep coming in, right? Even as you put out, but not in a reckless manner. Like it is actual strategic plan. I love that you ended that with strategic plan because my thought was, one, that's an excuse that we tell ourselves because we know we're doing wrong is that this is why I live this lifestyle. No, but two, because you do have to have a strategy and a plan because actually knowing, knowing your numbers gives you that date of release. Because if you're just out here like, I'm leaving my job one day, which I did for so many years. I know they got tired because I told them I was leaving them. So I know they was tired. They was like, yeah, girl, whatever. Because it was year after year after year after year. I was saying the exact same thing, right? Because I did not sit down and get clear on those numbers, right? What that really looked like, what that really meant, um, what my budget needed to be. Right. Because I wanted, I want, I want what I want when I wanted that. I don't like the word. No, I really don't. Right. And so that was the thing that kept me so tied to this toxic place is because it afforded me the opportunities to do X, Y, and Z. And not until I had that mindset shift that what you can make in two hours living in purpose, you might make it two weeks. Like, like because that's exactly it that's exactly it so I heard a few things mm -hmm. one with you know what you can make in two hours on the job you wouldn't make in two weeks you know I always say you can make more money but you cannot get your time back right and so putting yourself in position to use your time in the best way, right? So you said when you're working in purpose, identifying your purpose, that's, that's awesome. The other thing that I heard you say was about writing it out, setting a date, things of that nature, right? And so one of the things that I help families do less with debt, with retirement, and this all comes back to knowing your numbers. When you actually sit down and we go through these things, 
I can give you the date you will be out of debt, right? When we look at the numbers and where you're um, placing your money and the projected way investments will go and things of that nature, we can give you your financial independence number, how much you need to live the life that you want, right? Um, and then the other thing is, is that let's not be afraid to have the conversation and write the plan, write the plan. The Bible already tells us, you know, Habakkuk 2-2. Two, two, Come on now. Right. And that's my Baltimore came out. <laughs> you know, it tells us to write the vision and make it plain, right? We do this in every you know what area we do this in every day? Every day you get in your car and you're going somewhere. Sometimes you may know where you're going. Sometimes you don't. Um, but you're going to put on the GPS. The GPS gives you a step-by-step -step to get to your destination. Why can't you have the same for your finances? Come on now. You just made a connection for me because I tell people all the time, Clarity is the destination, focus is the journey. And how focused you are depicts how fast you get to your destination of clarity, right? And, but you gotta know where you're going first. Like you, you really have to know what areas do you wanna be clear in? Because you can't just get in the car and tell the GPS to take me somewhere. It's gonna take you somewhere, but it might not be where you wanna go. And it might be over a cliff. So you have to be clear and where to tell the GP, and you're so right. We do it like clockwork because Waze will tell us where the popo at, like. <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, it's funny that you said we can hop in the car and start going the wrong way. And so here's another part where it takes some courage and clarity and confidence, right? All the things we're talking about here to course correct. If you are in your car and your destination was supposed to be Philadelphia, but you're going down 95 South instead of Georgia. 95 North, <laughs> right? You know, are you, are you just going to keep going or are you going to turn around? So what I'm saying with that is if you come upon new information, information that makes sense. And I, when I say sense, I don't just mean mentally, I mean money makes dollars and cents because men lie, women lie, numbers don't. So now. if it makes sense, don't hold on to that old way of doing things. Make the U-turn. It's, it's, it's not too late. It's not too late. Just make the U-turn. And it saves you so much time and we know time is money. And, you know, part of the connection that you made for me when I was like, you know, Waze tells us where the popo at, right? Having a plan and being strategic also helps you avoid pitfalls like speeding tickets. It helps you to avoid, you know, accidents up ahead where it's going to stall you and get into where you really want to be at the time that you want to be there. Being strategic and having that plan Afford you the opportunity to get to where you're wanting to go quicker, sooner, faster, and safer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I use, um, like, I like to look at a person's whole financial picture 
And when I say that, like I'm looking at every financial instrument you may have implemented, um, whether it is life insurance, your car insurance, um, your actual, you know, household money, and you know, your 401k at your current job, the one that you left at the job, you left two jobs ago, you know, I'll, let's look at that whole picture because what we're trying to put together is a picture. We're trying to put together a puzzle, right? So these things have to fit together. Um, and so you can't just have random pieces out there. Um, or even better example, when you think of gears and you think about how things work, like you can't just have something just dangling out there. It's, it's not gonna come together. So when I look at that whole financial picture, it helps me put together a more complete strategic plan so that you can accomplish the goals that you want. Because if I don't know that X, Y, and Z is hanging out to the left, and I'm only looking at the three pieces you gave me here, we could be missing a big piece. We could be missing a piece that could accelerate you to where you want to go, or we could be missing out on a piece that's actually slowing you up from getting to where you want to go. All of those are such great points, such great points. You, maybe I just lost it just that fast. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, that, that's one of the reasons why I really did, or I really enjoy like your perspective, because I am a holistic approach type person in any and everything that I do, whether it's your income ecosystem or just getting to clarity as a whole, it's a holistic approach. It's not just one, one track, one mindset, one way, right? And... I love the fact that you said you take that holistic approach because you could have something that you need to get out of the way or something you need to add and be able to fill in those gaps to help you get there. So mm -hmm. love it. Okay. So, you know, I could talk to you all day, every day, because like you said, it makes sense and it makes sense. Um, and it's simple and it's sensible. All of those that I love. Um, but to be conscious of your time, let me go ahead and ask you the questions that I ask everybody. Um, and then we'll let you shout out your squad and then um, how they can find you so you can be a part of their squad. So mm -hmm. the first question is, what's something you've had to or still have to accept about your past, present or future to free you to reach the infinite heights in business that you desire? Mm. So first, let go of the past. Like, don't waste your time worrying on the things that you can't change. Like yesterday is gone, you know, you're, you're spending too much time on that. Um, when talking about the present and this actually just came to me today. So in working in the present, right? Yes, you have to physically do the work and get up and put things in order. But as far as the future, understand that that is already done in advance, right? Um, so if you understand that that is already done in advance, that God has already orchestrated that, then you know that you only can work right here in the now, right? Yes, we can make plans, right? Because we just talk about writing the vision, but as far as what has to be done today, it can only be done today. We can't do what needs to be done tomorrow because we're not there yet. So good. 
so good. Um, and I, I heard this young lady speak once upon a time and she said, you know, we're never really um, ready for the next phase or cycle of life because we're always so focused on the next and not the now. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, great point. Okay, so what's one thing you must believe to achieve? Again, so I want to give credit to my broker. She says this, she has a whole book about it. True wealth starts in the mind. That's what you have to believe to achieve. When you change your mind, that will change so many things in your life. It can change your bank account. It can change what you believe about yourself. It can change um, your eating habits. It can change, you know, your friendships. When you change your mind, like you must do the work on your mind. So when I say wealth, I don't just mean financial, but wealth in all areas of life. So true, because even when you said change your diet, people really don't realize that when you, yeah, healthy food is more expensive, which is bananas, but it is, but you save so much more money in not having to go to the doctor, not having to buy insulin, not having to, that, that to look at that ROI of spending more in the, in the present than on the back end. So health is wealth and it is a holistic approach. You're right. So right on that. But like you said, even before you can get to that part, it's about changing your mind about it. Yeah. And the healthy food can taste good. So yeah, your mm -hmm. mind is, is like you said earlier, you cannot separate your money and your mind. No. I was about to start rapping to y'all too, but you, cause like that, that really could be a rap song. Cause how does the song go? My, my, no, my money and my, my money, money on my mind. mind. <laughs> See, like it, there is like, that's a real thing, a real thing. Okay. So what's one belief you had to unlearn in order to achieve your level of success? Perfectionism. Come on. Perfectionism. Like when, as soon as you said unlearn, that that was the first thing that popped in my mind because I am one who talked myself out of a good idea because it's not coming together quite right. Just do it. The clarity's in the doing. The more you do, the more you can tweak it. You'll know those lessons learned. Yeah. And and shout out to Patrice Washington and her sloppy progress. She had to drill that home to me. She's like, sloppy progress is still progress, but stuck in perfection gets you nowhere. And I was like, okay, fine. But she's so right because you're right. I wouldn't put it out there because it's not perfect. It's not like even I'm going to even call this out. I was on another um podcast interview recently and she said well I didn't notice you said something but I have to get like a new like green screen background or something because lately I don't know what happened my backgrounds are not accurate and I keep losing okay See, I got what you're right saying. now it, 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 it don't want to I, I, I've been losing my bun half of this <laughs> presentation <laughs> like it just disappears but now that I want it to disappear it won't right so but um I was like I could either scrap it not do it not put it out but this is too good not to they're gonna get the video and just the recording the voice right 
sloppy progress until we get another better whatever is going on with this mm-hmm. the people are still gonna get what they need um even if i don't have a bun or earring or whatever the case may be sloppy progress okay so and then what's one belief um that you want to instill in your clients mm. Honestly, I think I would keep that as simple as hope. Um, You know, because like I said, money can be a hard conversation for so many people, but just if you just can have simple hope, you know, that is a great start towards being able to have the conversation and then implement and maintain and grow from there. I love that. I see that on a t-shirt for you. Simple hope. Two words. Because all is not lost. You know, we no reason to be, have a defeatist mindset about it. Love it. Love it. Okay. And so um, how has embracing all aspects of you contributed to your success or equipped you to do what you do? First thing for me that comes to mind is combining mind and money yes absolutely and like I said earlier like it didn't start off that way it I just realized when I was sitting down with people in my role as a financial coach that I had to go in my clinical social work bag pretty often um and there is a whole actual field now um of financial social work so um it's it's definitely a budding field it's a little bit different than what I actually do. Um, but as, for example, as a financial social worker, you may not actually implement any services as far as accounts and things of that nature. Um, but you will get to the root of a person's beliefs around money so that they can move forward. I'm able to put all those things together, you know, so I'm happy to be a one-stop shop. <laughs> And listen, if that's not the perfect example of walking in purpose, like, you know, because you could say, well, yeah, that's what they do. And maybe I shouldn't do it. But like you say, you you bring home that that additional holistic piece that's needed that's separate from that, you know. And so I I love that you said that because, yeah, time is money and being a one stop shop and being able to keep it sensible and simple. Mm -hmm. That gives you. ROI of abundance that will make me flock to you because I'm like she's saving me time I don't have to go to nobody else I don't need her to try to book an appointment with them to explain what she told me because I'm gonna say it wrong um for me to be able to get the products that I need to do what she said I could do so I love that so you know what I also found is that most people don't want to know the you know the details the nitty-gritty they just want to know that I know it Right. And trust that you can make it happen. Right. So, you know, if we if we build that type of relationship, then it's good because ultimately you're allowing me to come into your life and be an accountability partner with you. Um, you know, it's it's not just a matter of opening an account. We're we're gonna walk this journey together. Um, and so if you know that you can come to me with the question and I can give you the answer. You know, in the simple ways, it's like with doctors, you know, sometimes 
there's so many terms and you're like, can you just give it to me in the layman's terms? So, yeah. Exactly. That That's um, a, a great, great point. Um, that led me to another point that I just forgot that that passed. Thank you. Um, but you know, you know, it's funny. I, I think is, I used to hate that I forget like what I wanted to say, you know, oh, that was such a good point. I wanted to add to that. Right. But what I realized is that that actually means that I'm becoming a better listener. Mm-hmm. I'm not listening to respond. Because I've listened to something else you said that gave me a whole nother and my brain jumped to like, oh, yeah, that's good. And I forgot about that one. You're right. You're mm-hmm. so right on that one. It'll come to me later. Maybe I'll just put it in the show notes because I was like, oh, she made such a good point. Yeah. And not to belabor. You use it, but the fact is that you were listening. And so, you know, that's all people want is to be heard. So. Come on now with this positive mindset. I love it. Okay. So before we tell the people how they can find you, um, any shout outs, anyone in your squad? I know you've mentioned your broker a couple of times. Um, but who have you connected with that's kind of helped you with success? Who's in your squad? So, of course, the cliche answer, my Lord and Savior. And I'm going to start with him because I wholeheartedly believe that the circle that I'm in has been orchestrated by him. Um, because some of these people in my circle were nowhere in my circle a year ago. Like I didn't even know them. Um, some people were just hanging on the perimeter. Like maybe I knew them through a mutual friend or something, or maybe I hadn't met them yet and didn't know that they were connected to this friend and this friend had this connection for me, but it, it, it's just amazing. And I thank God all the time for how he has orchestrated my circle because they feed me, um, they give me encouragement. I'm in a position to encourage others as well. Um, You know, so it's mutually beneficial and it, it is the best and the most solid relationships that I've ever had. Um, and so some of those people are, of course, you, thank you for having me today. Um, yes. you know, and, and you're one of those people I would say was lingering on the perimeter because I knew Natalie, you know, wine and cheese, definitely check them out, um, for everyone on Instagram. Um, and I didn't know that she knew you, I didn't know you existed, but now I'm connected to you, right? on a one-on-one basis and so that's (laughs) right that's awesome um you know of course Nathaniel um a colleague in social work um who has become a great friend um I will also say my broker Lisa Jones as well as um the Meltons Brian and Tawana they have been an awesome rock to me throughout my journey of even learning about being a financial coach um, and really put me in position to just continue to strive to be the best at what I do. 
Um, and so, yeah, those are my brokers. I love it. I love it. Okay. So now tell the people how they connect, how they can connect with you so that you can be a part of their squad where they can find you. So I am on Facebook and Instagram as Stacy P. Hansen. P is in Patrice. Um, and those are the two best ways to find me. Also, you can um, reach me via my LinkedIn page. I always forget about LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn as well, Stacey Hampton. Perfect. So I'll put all those links in the show notes so they can easily just click and find you and not have to go search because like we said, we're about one-stop shops. Um, but this was so good, so good. Like you've given me- myself, thank you. Huh? I said, I enjoyed myself. Thank you. I'm glad. And I enjoy having you. Like, literally, you've given me more to think about and chew on. And hopefully it's helped people really um, get ready to just know their numbers and know the importance of it and keeping it simple and sensible. So thank you for saying yes. You're welcome. Well, you have a marvelous, marvelous Monday, and I will talk to you later. All right. Have a great one. I love how Stacy keeps it simple. Kiss. And it just makes it so easier for me to resonate, digest it, and implement it. I hope you got just as many gems from this week's segment. Be sure to like, subscribe, and or share with a friend. If you know someone who needs to get clear on their numbers, share the will. And with that, have a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous Monday. And I'll see you back here, same time, same place next week.